Good afternoon, Jamie. Ladies and gentlemen, Keytronics. What's going on? Uh, not a lot. Not, yeah? Not a lot at all. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what what uh, I'm even going to talk about today. Yeah. Oh, boy. Boring old I like Keith the ones. Life. I like the ones where you prepare. I, I Well, uh, so it's some things we can talk about. Keith is no longer a programmer. Can be one mm, topic. That's, mm, that's uh, going to be... Oh, I, I haven't written code in well over a week at this point mm, without okay. being on I vacation. Thought, dude, I thought you were going to say like... I quit my job? Month. I thought you were going to oh, say no. a month. I thought you were going to say I mean, it feels like it's been months. a month. It's, it feels like it's been that long. I don't even want to see my GitHub graph. Oh, it would make me sad. Oh my gosh. It's all screwed up now, dude. Your green is gone. There. Your uh, green is gone. So yeah, that's that's become a thing. Trying so to what, what are you uh what are you a manager now? No. So I as I'm progressing closer and closer towards like being a staff developer, you know, which is technical leadership. So it's like it's not it's still technically individual contributor, right? Because I'm more or less allowed to write code is the way it works out, but my role will transition into more of like an advisory role and like making technical decisions, doing research, kind of those kind of things and informing stuff and projects. And what that's sort of turned into for me recently on a team that has, and I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I'm on a team that has a lot of early career developers. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have a junior developer title, so they're just a developer, which I think is the most problematic title to talk about when you're just talking because i just refer to oh we're developers like we're all developers so i have to go and do like titles but like, oh they're not a senior developer and yeah but i hate, I hate it trip. i hate it so much i but, hate the classification of yeah of develop like yeah stone i mean so, i get it but mm-hmm. the way that we have been looking at it is early stage and this makes sense right early career devs uh, just like early in doing any literal skill, like you, I've, I've probably talked about the Dreyfus model on this podcast like 50 times. It comes up mm. all the time and you know what I'm talking about. It's mm-hmm. just how it is. Right. But when you're getting first learning to do something and you're in gaining competency with the thing, you need more of like recipes for what you're doing and less of like here's make a souffle, whatever that means, you know, like as a cook would be not helpful for me whatsoever. So yeah, what I've been trying to do is we have a lot of early make a souffle. Yeah, Like I'm trying to help early stage devs execute on work and really ship a ton of stuff. But I also don't want to prescribe to them what they need to do, like verbatim. You know, I don't want to be like, well, you're going to need to go out a method to this class and you're going to go need to do some things over yeah. here. I mean, that's not fun for them or you. No, it's not fun for them either. So, right. Yeah. Nobody wants that. But if we give them too ambiguous work where there's a lot more of like architecture decisions and, um, you know, answering yeah. more complicated questions that we don't even like trying to discover the questions that we don't know we have yet and that kind of stuff like that comes with experience and being able to do that. Like that is what we would classify as like that's senior work or higher. Like that's something that like a staff dev maybe would come in and look at a project and be like, I here's a thing that I think I need. Let me go do some research, maybe prototype some things, figure out roughly what's going on. And then I can, we can solidify something that's a little bit more concrete. And for early career devs, that's like a problematic 
position to put them in. I'm actually probably going to write like an internal blog post on this at Shopify. But uh, what's you your internal it, blog called? Um, we have an internal tool called Vault, which is problematic because HashiCorp Vault, in my opinion, which yeah. we also use, and I'm pretty sure. Uh, but mm. it has like Vault's some, a poor name. I I love your Spotify, like Spotify. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're, you're like, like, why the hell year. is it not called Blogify? Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, Vault's pretty weak. I mean, come on. All right, go on. Well, Vault's go like on. a super tool. It has like our own internal like brand of product management stuff. It's got org chart things and uh, mm-hmm. sharing accomplishments and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's a weird tool. It, it does very cool stuff. I like Vault. Honestly, I think Vault is like a world-class tool for what it does. It is really good. But anyway, mm. um, yeah, so I might read a blog post about this. But basically, we've been battling with this on our teams where we have a lot of projects that need kind of the architectural level work. And we've had like early stage devs on it. And we weren't necessarily dividing up the work properly. And we were putting it to where like more early stage devs were needing to do more of the like research and upfront architecture planning and stuff like that, that they're really not in a good position to do. And so that's like intimidating for them. It puts them in a situation where they maybe can't succeed the way they need to right now and going Mm -hmm. from there. So, uh, well, me, it's kind of been discovered that I have, uh, an aptitude for like actually just creating good work for people to do, like breaking down problems into like digestible chunks and understanding why we're doing the things and going from like, this is where we want to go. What are the things we need to get there? And I think you and I've done this before with the whole, I feel like I got it from Amy Hoy, the whole, like start with like, uh, can accept credit card transactions. And then you like go to the left and like build, like, what are my dependencies? I need to be able to process Mm. an Amex and I need to be like, and then eventually you get to the leaf nodes that are like the things that are actionable. Mm-hmm. Do you do you remember going through this exercise before? No, I don't. I, and I don't remember that coming from Amy Hoy, but yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's why I couldn't find it the other day when I was like, Amy Hoy, breaking down projects, something right. Like I couldn't quite figure out. I was like, I know I, I mean, I'm not saying, yeah, I'm I, not saying. I'm like, didn't I didn't it, come up with this. I'm yeah. fairly certain this wasn't my idea, but I've been using it for years. Um, and because it, it's not even necessarily a technical task, it's like for me to be able to do this thing, what are what needs to already exist or what needs to have mm-hmm. already been done? And then kind of like, well, OK, could I just start on this today? If the answer is no, then like, what is the thing that needs to be done? Just kind of just working my way through that. So, yeah, we talked about this a little bit last time. And I'm OK, OK. Like- I wasn't sure if I was rehashing exactly the same thing. So it's been no, uh, I, I'm sorry, but we talked about like um about training, uh, training developers up a little bit. And we talked about, um, and I said, well, that's kind of why I like, you know, kind of doing the things that are similar to the things that already exist in the app, you know, like adding Mm -hmm. another integration, right. Or like, you know, following a same pattern that exists in the app. And yeah, 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 yeah. So that sounds, um, so I don't know if I mentioned this in the last one, but basically I've been, Leading, we don't have any standardized way that we build uh, tasks or the way we break down projects. Like every team is allowed to kind of do it their own way. They just have to use GitHub to do it. Is our mm. only like we don't have like you can't just be like I'm gonna our team uses Pivotal and our team uses Jira. Like we yeah. we don't do that stuff. So um, I've been trying to find a way that standardizes this that's been good for 
the devs and gives them stuff to work on, lets them feel the satisfaction of solving problems, and but also doesn't put them in a situation where like, I'm going to give you something that's too intimidating for you to actually execute on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been using user stories because that's not something mm-hmm. that our team has really been doing. But I, I like user stories because it answers like the who, the what, and the why. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have those three things, then you don't have a task. And so... I've been trying to convert people over to that, but then I've been, and I started doing this when I was at, yeah, I did talk about this, the like hidden suggestions basically. And how this is Mm. like, I put a suggested approach, but it's like hidden by default and issues. And that's shown some fruit. So like, this is, this is kind of a long way of me rehashing stuff I talked about in a previous episode, I think, but basically I've been writing those and they're out in the hands of devs on our team now and they enjoy it. Like they actually like it. They feel like they're accomplishing things. They, they go and they like that. One of them was like, I actually kind of forgot the suggested approach was there. So I went and I checked what I did versus what you would originally checked. And she's like, and I came up with the same thing. So I was like really happy about that. And I'm like, awesome. So like, it's actually, yeah, puts them in a, a situation where they feel like they have work to do and they're empowered to actually like solve the problem and go and do it. And, um, it's yeah, kind of moving the needle. So I've been moving kind of pr- from project to project, sort of a- sprinkling a little of that into different projects. So I'm like managing the project that I'm on. Um, but once I got it past the, like, once I got us into the build phase and broke down the tasks for our project, uh, then those moved off to, uh, other ICs to sort of implement. And then I've been bouncing from to other projects, trying to help break down work and keep those things from moving. So that's that's kind of been the bulk of my thing recently. So that's cool. So I have some several questions about the breaking, the actual breaking down of work. Do you is every task that you assign a user story, or do you create user stories and break those down into tasks? Um, I create user stories as tasks. Yeah. Like so, I break them down into finite units that are enough to where it's like an actual thing, right? Like it's not That's, not a part yeah. of a thing; it's a thing. But like you can break down features in such a way that there are a lot of user stories for a single feature. Uh, that's what I want to talk about because I find that to be <clears throat> hard harder to do in practice because, like, a user story usually like encompasses. You know, like a a shippable thing, like you said, right? But a lot mm-hmm. of sometimes that shippable thing, you know, more advanced developers that have been doing this can break that work down more, right? Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make like yep, yep, yeah? So it's like you know, I should collect a credit card because so that I can pay for access or I can have access to the application, right? Mm-hmm. That could be a user story, but that's like you know, yeah, yeah. So minor. More fine grain. So we'll have to take a look at the fact that a big portion of what I work on is like an internal API, right? So Mm -hmm. I work on the API that facilitates us doing shipping stuff. So label purchasing, cancellation, those kind of things. And so our user stories, sometimes the user is like, like one of the stories that I had to write out for a thing was basically um, the modal that shows up in our admin area is like kind of bad for what it needs to be. So the user story is written from the perspective of a developer. And it's like, as a developer in web, I shouldn't need like seven of these modals. Mm -hmm. I should be able to have an abstract enough modal that I can pass in the carrier and go from there so that we don't have to do shotgun surgery and um, 
we have, um, you know, like, so that is a user story that I write. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I write user stories from the perspective of who's the person, who's the consumer, but that consumer might not always be the like customer, right? It's not always a yeah. merchant. It's not always like, yeah, so sure, I think sure. that helps me to write them in a small enough way. Or yeah. write succinct enough ones that work out pretty well. Yeah, I do that a lot too, like with APIs and specifically like it might be like uh, as a client or mm -hmm. you know, as a API client, I you know, I want to be able to. Yep. Yep. Um cool, man. That's cool. So, so a lot of GitHub. Yeah, well, and it's a, like GitHub sucks to write in. So I I tend to write stuff in Markdown docs and just transfer it into GitHub eventually anyway. So mm-hmm. It's, do you use GitHub projects at all? Not the new one. I haven't even tried the new ones. Yeah, I'm not. I tried the I, old I one, which know. was just basically a Kanban board. And it was yeah, like, but it's like, I hate that they're backed by issues. Like, kind yeah. like, but you can put them in draft mode where there's like no issue, yeah. but they, they have to be tied to a repo. So yeah. occasionally, it, sometimes you're like, it doesn't make sense to be in this repo, but it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. to be in this repo. I want it to be an ambiguous, like this project spans six repos. And so maybe you have a user story called uh, Make Monolith. Make and Monolith say, is the as yeah, a that, developer, there I do you not go. want to I need select to make what monolith. repo I want to put this issue in. So let's combine it, all our repos. We, uh, I'm I'm battling with some stuff right now that. Uh, very much makes me feel like I just wish we had bigger monoliths yeah. because, well, the issue that we have, and I think this is a Stripe thing. You ever heard of, I think, all right, let me go verify that I'm not talking about something that is not open source. Uh, I feel like it is though. Uh, let's search. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is cool. That's public. Sweet. So we have, we have this thing called Packwork. And it basically allows us to put arbitrary boundaries between sections of our Rails application, and it'll give us errors if we try to access code from other components within the system. Mm -hmm. And it is a pain in my ass, is all I'm going to say. Because what happens is in core, core is gigantic. It sort mm -hmm. of works in core, I imagine. I don't work in core very often. But uh, in Shipify, we're like, faux core we want to be core but we're not we're like half a million line or something and what we have is we have all these things where it's like basically team boundaries and but it's like my team works specifically with the foundational aspects of shipify that are in app but in the platform engine because all all components are engines that we just mount into ourselves, like they're in-app mm -hmm. engines mm -hmm. and these things will will run into situations where I say, oh, crap, I can't reference. And we use Sorbet, too. So we have type checking mm. and stuff. But mm. when you're creating type sig signatures, it's still executable code. So if you reference a class, then it need you need to like it either has to be part of your component or you have to say, I'm going to break this violate. I'm going to violate this and I'm going to mm. reference something from a different thing. And I'm like, we're basically the core thing. So like if I can't pass a label in here this is freaking annoying, right? Like we know we mm. deal with it a lot. And then like the app directory, the root of the, the repo uses stuff from us. And I'm like, God, I hate these boundaries. Like I wish they just didn't exist. I'm this close to just nuke and pack work and seeing what principal dev comes down on me for it. But uh, <laughs> it just drives me nuts. I'm like, this is such an arbitrary thing. We're like, we're the primary 20 people who work on this application. And 
we handle both of these areas. They are ours. So let us talk to ourselves drives me. And we, we put in this weird, like record, like, I think I talked about this before where we put like a repository pattern on top of active record using like faux models and stuff. And it makes things just a freaking nightmare, even internally to our own component. And so (laughs) (laughs) that sounds fun. Yeah. We've tried some things. Well, there, there was like apparently a couple years ago, or it was sometime sounds like, last. That sounds like just frustrating, like uh, Zeitwerk um, errors all day. Yeah, yeah. Like, it. I mean, it, it, funny enough, you don't run into very many of those. But it's like you'll get an error at build time where it'll just be like, uh, "Hey, this package is reference, or the, this uh, component is referencing something from this other component." Uh, 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 that ain't nice. And like, I'm like, shut your mouth, Packwork. <laughs> Fuck some pack work. God damn. <laughs> so that's another weird thing where I'm just like, man, why don't we just have a more generic monolith? I'm I'm helping an intern project internally. Like they're doing like a capstone project for this semester or whatever. And I'm like a technical advisor for it. And they're building into Vault. And Vault has this concept of in in-app engines too. They just call them Vault engines, um, where you could just add functionality into Vault. Um, again, but like, again, this is a horrible name. Horrible name. Well, they're just engines, is all they are. But they they have them tied up in a specific way. I think uh, Rafael uh, Franca also is creating a thing to do in-app Rails engines that are just work easier because engines really aren't meant to be used the way we use them. Um, but it is like a decent use case and the way we use them is effectively how Django does apps inside of a project. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever messed with Django at all, which I don't think you have, cause you don't really do Python, but, Mm-mm. uh, so yeah, there's like different things going on there, but, um, it, they don't have pack work boundaries. And I'm like, this is amazing. You can just add a new bit of functionality. Like in this case, we're, we're adding in a, like an accomplishments uh, directory thing. So like you and your manager can like note, like these are things I've accomplished. This is how it contributes to my goals. Let's do some performance reviews. Like how do I think I'm doing versus how you think I'm doing kind of thing. We're mm-hmm. building this in there. Um, and I can just reference the vault user. I can reference these projects that exist in vault. I can reference these uh, without any sort of headache whatsoever and keep it localized to where I'm at. And I'm like, this is so nice. I actually like this a lot. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder how much that uh, patchwork is saving you there in, you know, bad code or security yeah, issues. I don't or... really know. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. I know that, there are some like I'm fairly certain that Stripe does something similar to this and their like giant, you know, amount of uh, Sinatra mm-hmm. stuff they've got. I'm fairly certain they have a way of enforcing boundaries between areas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It feels like a big pain though to me. So that's just where I'm at. Um yeah, but I just took 20 minutes of this to talk about uh, how I'm not a programmer. Patchwork. So. Patchwork. Yeah. It's pack work for packages. Yeah, Packwork. <clears throat> pack but Dumb nice. name. So, so right. what are you? Okay, naming is hard, man. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. But uh, yeah. So yeah, what have I been doing? What have I been doing? Uh, I just uh, released uh, the third change log Ooh, i have not seen so it. Is there, so can i no, subscribe to this uh well we're gonna get into that sir oh nice okay uh, you can. perfect you can but it doesn't do anything right now uh it oh, does okay. but 
but I don't I don't do anything with it. Uh, but go ahead, put it in there. I need another row in that database. Um, there you go. Uh, so, but I have had a few problems. Uh, well, one on this release. Uh, so one of the things I worked on during this time was the ability to create a new channel because a lot of times when you're setting up a new meeting, um, you know, you're like, oh, actually, I want this to go into a new channel. And then you have to, like, go outside into back into, like, Slack's world, um, create the channel and then go back and be like, OK, what what did I call that again? And then, you know, somehow refresh the list of channels that are in there so you can select anyway. I added the ability to create a channel uh, right within the application um, or right within the setup, which is pretty, it's pretty nice. Nice. Um, yeah. Uh, I worked on that uh, like this week pretty much. Um, and I could not deploy that because in the process I upgraded OTP version and <laughs> upgraded the Elixir version and it doesn't like the, it doesn't, support the Erlang OTP version for some reason. So anyway, so that little simple change log couldn't be deployed yet. I'll work on that after this. And then uh, I could not deploy the uh, create channel uh, branch because I was getting a distiller or um, dialyzer warning. Um, and I have no idea why it's complaining. This sounds like a, like a, uh, pack pack work issue. Uh, so it's been been very frustrating. Dial wait, so dialyzer is the type checker, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's basically saying that one of my pattern matches. But I, here's the thing, I think it's complaining about something in Juve. Which uh -huh. I don't know if like if you specify a path. But anyway, I don't know why it's going into that package, but it's when I'm using. Um, a Juve controller that it complains from Tatsu. But the pattern that it's complaining about is like, I think it's code in Juve. So, uh, yeah, I, huh. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, Do I, you use Dialyzer in Juve? Yes. So, and that doesn't complain. <laughs> that's odd. Right? Isn't yeah. that odd? I was like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Sometimes I get these Dialyzer warnings. And I'm like, what the fuck is this thing complaining about? Um, but they, they end up usually being correct. <laughs> of course. So, yeah. 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 turns out the computer does understand yes, in some yes. weird way. So, uh, those two things have not been launched, but, uh, they're on their way. Um, so that kind of leads me to, um, yeah, next week or the next time, um, I want to kind of take some time to kind of look at the code where it's at because there's a bunch of things that I don't like that Juve causes you to do. Mm -hmm. um, one is like um, some of the parameters are not uh, uh, in a map when they're just like in a JSON string and you have to, mm -hmm. they're like deeper in the, in the gotcha. response. So I want to clean that up. Uh, and then uh, templating is I think we talked about this. A, a yeah, bit. we but talked right about this before having like a DSL to kind of do it or if you were going to use yeah. something like a Heeks or something. Yeah, I was I, I'm leaning towards Heeks, but I haven't done any research or anything like that. And the templating is kind of becoming um, a mess just because there's like no sharing of components mm -hmm. or, you know, 
right? So like anytime I want to create a section uh, in Blockkit in Slack, I have to rewrite it, right? So gotcha. I want to solve that problem so I don't have a bloat of, of this stuff. But um, so that's kind of my goal is, is kind of doing some cleanup and some refactoring and then um, going back on the set, setting up of a, of a, of a meeting uh, by um, there's only like two more, three more things you need to set up, which is who's going to participate um, and the schedule. Mm-hmm. I think that's, oh, and the questions. So gotcha. those things I'm going to be able to, to be able to modify right now. It just keeps the defaults. So you'll be able to modify them. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's going well, man. I'm, I'm like, nice. it's hard for me not to work on tattoo. I'm getting pretty excited about, like the capabilities of it. I think it's That's fine. Be pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all Sweet. I got, man. Nice. I, I haven't even talked to you about like other stuff you're working on. Are you doing like client work right now? Or are you? I am most, mostly my, um, just my one client. The which robotic is kind arm of, people? Uh, no, the robotic arm people. Uh, that, that project is delivered. Oh, wait, this is the, okay, I know this one, right? The Slack app. Yep. Stripe app. Stripe app. Slack app. Yeah. Um, But that allows me to like kind of half my day is tattoo and half that is that client work. That's kind of ideal. Um, Nice. It is ideal, but like I just not, I'm not into like the client work. Oh, gotcha. So yeah. Except for if the client is hearing this, then he's totally into it. Yeah. Uh, he probably doesn't care because I don't even think he's into it. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't even know where he is at the time. Um, so, I mean, that's just kind of like making my um, my want for, a, you know, probably look start looking for a job pretty, pretty, uh, pretty deep towards the uh, beginning of next year. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Just I want something different, man. Okay. So, yeah. That's it. That's all I got, man. That's all I got. Yeah, that's a short one. How have the streams been going? Because <laughs> you never tweeted out or whatever if they happen. So I have zero. Um, they did uh, happen, but those are uh, those have been deleted. Um, no, I had some technical difficulties. Oh, I was like, were you um, sloshed and just having a real hard time? No, I, I was actually. I was okay. sloshed actually, but. Like afterwards, I was like, like you, like the camera wasn't even like, it was horrible. It's horrible. So yeah, they're coming. I'm just not, yeah. I was going to do one today, but now we're going to, we're going to go to Cedar Point. So. Ooh, nice. Dude, I love the Halloween crap at Cedar Point. That's, that's always a fun time. Yeah. 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 Except it's cold as fuck. It's like almost 60 today. Is it really cold up there? Mm, No. Yeah, no, no. It's like 50, dude. It's 56 actually. So closer to what I'm saying than to what That's you're saying. That's cold, dude. Yeah. <laughs> on a roller coaster? Oh, it's true. On a roller coaster, that would be pretty pretty cold. Top thrill dragster, 120 mile an hour. Not 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 there. Not there anymore. What? Oh, you don't know about the top thrill dragster. What happened? Did somebody they, die? Uh no. I mean, that's probably why they stopped running it, but they're taking it down and replacing it with something. Because it was never running, dude. Every time you'd go there, oh, there'd be yeah. some issue with it. And I'm like, Well, oh, it, the way it worked, like it, the, mecha- the mechanic, no, Top Throw Dragster wasn't all magnets. It used weird hydraulics to like get the first launch. 
I thought and it was magnets. I, uh, sure it was magnets. Maybe that's Millennium Force. Ma- Millennium Force is chain driven. That's how it goes because no, it goes no. up a big thing. Yeah, but it goes. Shh, it doesn't do a chain. It doesn't go. Shh, oh yeah, I guess goes, maybe you're right on that. Yeah. Shh. Yeah, I think that used anyway. Okay. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. So I don't think Top Dog Dragster is all magnets. There might be some magnets like along the way to kind of ki- continue no. the propulsion. But yeah, I, it just had some sort of mechanics that were like always jank. Yeah. It was yeah. never when it you was... got to ride it, it was dope for three yeah. seconds. But uh... <laughs> I only read it. I only wrote it once. Um, I actually wrote it with my wife and she cried after it because she got the wind knocked out of her. Because it was so but, awesome. Yeah. She couldn't even. <laughs> Ex- just yeah. express how dope that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She really loved it. She want to go right back on. Uh, wait another three hours. <laughs> yeah. That's that, the other uh, thing. Like uh-huh. Cedar point, they like give away these passes now, right? Like you can the get like a season pass. pass stuff. Well, that's the thing. Like, so now they give away these passes. So everybody has these passes. And so now the only way to get on a ride is to buy a fast pass. Yeah, so, so like successfully then, like charge you twice. It's an arms race park. too, because then once everybody has a fast pass, nobody has a fast pass, and they get a release <laughs> faster pass. And <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's where Dude, it's going. Then you man. could go. Then you could go fastest pass. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of levels yeah. you could do there. Oh, I mean, it's, it's math. There's always a bigger number. Yeah. So <laughs> they uh, they've really got this figured out. There's always a bigger number title. All right, man. All right. Well, cool. We will, uh, we'll talk in a couple of weeks. Hopefully I will have either shipped something cool at work that I can talk about, or maybe written a couple lines of code that I thought were cool or more than likely I'll still just be somehow mentoring people. All right. That sounds good. Tune in next time. (laughs) Later. Bye.